0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Human Behaviour Club. I'm super excited to be doing this podcast. So I'm super excited to be doing this podcast, this episode. Um, I want to talk about social connection and relationships. something what has been super interesting, um, looking at digital relationships and real-life connection as well, being a founder of the Human Behaviour Club, um, and also a matchmaking app. So... Today, I have my co-host, um, Sana Khan, who, um, you know, we've done a lot of different stuff together on over on Clubhouse. And interestingly, I'm now married to her as well. So first of all, welcome, Sana. So nice to have you on the show. Um, please, can you give everyone a bit of a reminder of what you do and who you are?
1: Hey, thanks, Um, So yeah, my background is in data science. Um, I have experience in mental health um, with, obviously, in the realm of data science. Um, and I've now moved into product management. Um, and yeah.
0: Yeah, thanks, Zaheib, for uh, the intro. Um, and we met on Clubhouse, didn't we? So we met on Clubhouse about Probably, it's been about a year and a half, I'd like to say, Um, and we got to know each other pretty well, Um, you know, digitally, you being in the States, me being in the UK, um, and I founded a matchmaking app, and people often question, can you get to know someone online? So my take on it is that I think getting to know someone online is sometimes easier because you're not judging them for a lot of things you may judge in an in-person interaction and you can sometimes you know like for social audio you can speak to them every single day and accelerate that getting to know them rather than meeting up every week which takes ages what's your take on that
1: i find that interesting um But I'd like to take a step back on that because, like, yes, with Clubhouse and everything, but we did know each other on Instagram for three years prior to that. So I'm wondering, maybe it's not about the fact that it's, you know, social media, but the idea of being familiar with someone. And sometimes social media gives us a sense that we are familiar with someone when In real time, you don't really know that person, but it feels as if, oh, I've known of that person for this X amount of time because we've seen each other on social media, Um, and so we feel more comfort towards this person versus someone else that you've just met on social media or in person.
0: Okay, that's actually an excellent point. Being aware of something, I think you pick up what someone's like, and you have these intuitions, but... I feel like knowing someone on certain platforms, you may not reach out. like you said we were we were connected, but we weren't connected in that way. but being on a social audio platform, it made it so much easier to start talking and get to know you a lot quicker. and that leads me to the question so how was it meeting me for the first time compared to my our online interactions? I just want to kind of see when you've met people from social audio, you know, you've met other friends as well, apart from me. How have you felt? Have you felt like you've known them already? Or have you felt there are differences to what you perceive online?
1: So um, I would say that it really just depends on the person because there's people that I've met off of social media that you feel very familiar and it feels as if, you know, there has been no distance since meeting, you know, online versus in person first. Um, But there have been other times when you do get a very different feel um, and that person is very different to kind of what you perceive them to be.
0: Yeah, I would agree. I think that there's nuances to to getting to know people and everyone kind of presents differently. I know I met some people and they've said, hey, we did not expect someone to be like that. It just did not work out in real life. So Sana, going to relationships, a topic I often discuss with psychologists on this podcast, right? Relationships are difficult, right? Compatibility is difficult, right? And, and I guess my experience of, of, of looking at relationships and talking to people and hosting all these shows, I realized that you learn a lot in relationships. I'm a big advocate of therapy and, you know, people discussing things. And often I feel you need to have disagreements if it's a healthy relationship. And and that's what a lot of psychologists say. If if it's just a smooth relationship, sometimes one person may not be expressing themselves fully, right? And I know each relationship or every relationship has ups and downs, has difficulties. And once you move through that, my mantra is I think you come out stronger. You know, solving those early teething problems, I mean, we say normally the first few months is infatuation, then it goes into, you know the difficult period. And then if you survive that, I think a relationship comes out more beautiful and stronger. And um, I feel like I can testify that that works, right? What, What do you think about that?
1: I would say that you're right. I think there needs to be some form of, you know, openness and the ability to communicate. I don't think that it ever really stops. I think that, as humans, you continue to grow, especially in relationships. So you'll continuously have disagreements, but things that you guys can grow from within those disagreements and able to communicate on those disagreements.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, But with that, I do think that there's always a period of time when, you know, you have more disagreements than no more. And and I think getting past that stage is the most important in a relationship. Um, And, I think it's best to discuss things honestly. And, and this is why I advise people, Emily, we get a lot of um, questions or people are asking, hey, what should we do in this scenario? And I mean, I am not a psychologist and I'm not a perfect answer to this, but I feel um, each circumstance is very different, di- different and difficult. But um, there can be times if you're not used to having in a relationship where you expect perfection. I know I did, Sandra, for example, I often think that, you know, the smallest thing that's different to my mindset, I'm like, oh no, is that a red flag? Is that, you know, whatever? And that's not the fault of the other person. It's the fault of me just not knowing what to expect in a relationship, right? So it can be a lot about expectations. And that can cause, I think, a lot of um, interesting kind of growth and learning experience about yourself. And I think if you get through that, you become a stronger person because we're all individuals and, you know, we all have to compromise in some way. And I think I know myself as an individual, I feel like I probably did not understand that, uh, you know, previously, but, but now I think I've got a better grasp, especially with Emily, talking to all these psychologists, I understand relationships are a lot, lot better now. So I guess moving on to the next thing, um, um, what what is your take on um, people finding a compatible match? How do you, I mean, you, you and I met, right? And we seem pretty compatible, even though, you know, we live in different countries, the distance between us. Um, What do you think makes a compatible match?
1: Obviously, um, there's something to be said about, you know, the basic compatibility where it's like, hey, both people, you know, have certain values and, you know, are at a certain point in their life. But I think compatibility really, in my mind, goes hand in hand with effort. If the basic values and, you know, kind of where you're at in life and I would say everyone has set fundamentals, if those set fundamentals match, after that, it's all about effort. It's about, is this person important enough to you that you'd want to put in effort to continuously keep working on the relationship. I don't think compatibility means, I don't think in the sense of maybe what, what compatibility is used in the dating world is actually correct.
0: Yeah. And I guess things change as well. Right. I mean, I don't think I was such a big fan of travel and I know you love travel, right. Which are kind of differences, I guess, uh, between us but i feel like i like travel now i enjoy travel for those Sana and i are actually just traveling right now um we're currently um in morocco and um you know i've learned a lot from Sana about you know yourself Sana. like i've learned a lot about from you and i've started to like things that i thought hey i probably wouldn't like so, so without that piece of information i'm selecting for people that hey oh no travel puts me off but really I enjoy travel, but I just don't know I enjoy travel, right? So it's very difficult selecting for things you don't know you'll like or you won't like just based on your past experiences. And we all have such different past experiences, right? And I think that's something, something I have discovered. Um, and then I think moving on from that, um, for example, I'm, I'm a medical doctor working, you know, love tech. You're a data scientist, you know, being in tech. Do you think there's any part of you know our, our common interest in tech that made us compatible, or is that just more of a coincidence?
1: You know, I think when it comes to compatibility, everyone has different factors that they want to rank as really high versus like very low. Um, to some people... Uh, the field that, you know, their partner works in or if they work in the same field is pretty low in terms of kind of, you know, a partner that they're seeking versus others who really want someone who they can talk about work with, right? So it, I would say that it really depends on the person. Um, I think, of course, it's nice to have things in common to speak on. Um, But I think you can find a lot of things in common, you know, besides work. Uh, But once again, if that's very high on your list, then of course, you're going to want to find someone who's, you know, kind of in the same field, or you're able to kind of talk about work with.
0: Yeah, I think um, I I agree with what, what you say. But so often we like to play matchmaker, right? So not like we both have friends, right? That we often think, hey, who would go well with who, right? We're trying to help them out maybe get married or hook them up or something. Um, and there's certain things we see and we're like, oh, for that reason I think that person will go for that person. Right? do, do you ever feel like do you ever feel like you can play the role of a good matchmaker? I mean, Indian matchmaking is on Netflix right now and it was pretty popular last year when it came out. And, um, you know, the anti-culture of finding people who are compatible often acts on these predefined criteria. What are your take on that?
1: Oh, sorry. Um, It wasn't muting. I think my take on that is that it really, once again, I feel like my answers are so, um, you know, subjective, but... Generally, I think it really depends on, you know, what people truly find important to themselves. Um, there's some things that I may not think are as important versus others. Um, I do think that, you know, going back to kind of just that social connection and relationships on social media, I think kind of going back to your earlier question, you definitely can form very, very vital social connections and relationships. But I think there does come a point where it needs to transfer into like the real world. Yeah,
0: I think they're all excellent points there. I think um transferring into the real world ca- can be different, difficult and different at times as well. And it is subjective. All is subjective, right? Relationship science is not really a science. It's more of a social science and open interpretation. That's why we have so many different theories of um, who gets on and, and who doesn't. Um, so do you think culture, okay, what do you say about culture? Do you think culture plays a part? For example, I'm Pakistani, you're Indian, but we have common ground. I mean, you're Pashtun, um, you know, and I feel like there's a lot of familiarity there with culture as well. And I feel like I had, uh, I felt a, a close connection to you because of our shared culture. Um, you know language being a bit of a big part of it your dad actually said that as well actually that we both speak urdu um i think these things help but it's not the case to everyone and, and sometimes diverse marriages work out a lot better as well um and you know people learn about different cultures do you think culture plays a part
1: i think it plays a part if culture is really important to you um some people may choose religion now some religions are heavily invested and infused into culture, right? So at the end of the day, I really think it depends on the person. If let's say someone's like, hey, I really am not that religious and I really don't have a certain culture, but I'm open to embracing the culture of my partner, well, then that's a very different scenario. Um, I think it really—it's a really case by case pers- like situation. I do think that sometimes it's nice and it's easier to understand, but certain cultures, like for example, um, my friend who's from a uh, Mexican background, um, I do find a lot of common ground with her, even though she's not from the same culture. So I don't think it needs to be even the same culture. Um, a lot of times it's mostly just kind of how your family's oriented if you're an individualistic or you know type of if you've been raised in an individualistic society versus um, naturally being more family oriented etc you know
0: okay so that begs the question being a data scientist do you think um i mean you kind of answered it here as well but do you think artificial intelligence can ever be used to help us pick that optimal partner? Um, I mean, you've, you've talked about different variables, etc., and subjectivity, which kind of takes us away from that future, right? But um, do you think there's a way where we can, using data, work out who might be the perfect match for us?
1: Yeah, I'm not sure it, like, I went down to the audience again, but, um, you know, there could be algorithms that help us determine which, you know, matches or, uh, which potential partners would be good for us. But at the end of the day, I think there's so many factors, um, especially humans being emotional beings that it would be hard to just rely on AI. I think there's a lot of an emo- an emotional attachment that's in play. Um, yeah.
0: Did you ever watch? Did you ever watch that Black Mirror episode where people are walking around and having a social score based on uh, likes, etc.? Um, have you seen that? And did you find that creepy, or did you find that what's happening uh, to us now with, with social media?
1: Well, I feel like something similar has kind of happened. Well, no, I wouldn't say something similar, but it's this whole AI and facial recognition where you're able to kind of track people, um, and you know you are able to kind of see their behavior in certain, cer- you know, circumstances. But what I'll say is that I do see maybe not exactly that, and that was a very creepy episode. But um, you know, different, maybe, you know, similarity, like there would be similarities, but something I can see in the future.
0: Yeah, I think especially with the metaverse and what's happening, um, it's kind of a scary reality that we could be facing pretty, pretty soon. Um, And and that kind of brings me on to now, uh, you know, you're in the US and US um, is a very kind of startup type of culture. Um, I'm from the UK um, a bit different, but still, you know, similar societies. Um, do you find to kind of interacting with British people? Do you find it quite different, to, difficult, different from American culture? Um, do you feel like where someone lives impacts, um, you know, their beliefs and, and how they act? Um, do you think that shapes someone uh, as, as a person? Uh, and my question I'm asking that is because often on, on our app, Amelie, um, uh, people talk about location they're like hey we just want to be with someone in in our location what are your thoughts on that
1: yeah absolutely um i can definitely see that happening and that's like a lot of really good points
0: so so you would say so like i'm from the uk and you're from the u.s you feel like that that would not be a barrier
1: it could be a barrier I, once again, I feel like this is, you know, it it is very subjective, um, to some, it could be a huge barrier. And I would say to a lot, it is a huge barrier. Um, I think for those who are a bit more open-minded and willing to kind of, you know, travel and kind of be open to different locations, I think it's a very different, you know, option that way.
0: Yeah. Um. Again, I feel like um,
2: there's like a big um, subjective element to a lot of things that we've discussed today. And as we come to the end of the the podcast, the last five minutes or so, um, I kind of want to understand for the listeners um, what um, advice we have for people um, looking to find their right partner. I've had a lot of messages since we announced our marriage publicly from people wondering um, how we met, how we um, basically progressed. And and that has a lot of fascination. I think it's interesting how people getting married or being in a relationship together just draws a lot of attention from people. And um, I think often it's because relationships are romanticized, especially in popular culture. And there's a lot of failed relationships that happen as well so we know how difficult it can be. Um, Sana, do you have any kind of tips from personal experience or otherwise what you've heard, I know you're well-read, on what people uh, should be looking for? I know people are gonna say it's subjective, <laughs> which it is, but from, from your experience, is there anything you think that helps you know it's the right person you've met?
1: Okay, that's a very interesting question. I think at the end of the day, um, there's many different things to different people that will allow them to feel like, hey, this is the person for me. But I think, you know, it's that ease, it's comfort, it's respect, it's a lot of these values that people hold dear to themselves. And when they see it reflected in other people, that is what I would say um, is kind of, the biggest, you know, sign that the person that they're with is for them. Of course, it needs to be reciprocated. So not saying go out there and just say, hey, you have this and we're meant to be. But what I'm trying to say is, there's a lot of these fundamentals that we hold very valuable in our lives. And if we see it in relationships and it's reciprocated and it's a healthy form of attachment, then I would say that you can usually, based off of those ideals and kind of those fundamentals, feel like some, some people would be the one for you.
2: Yeah, that's a really good, elaborate answer, and and I would agree. Um, glad glad I met that criteria, <laughs> but um, I think from talking to so many people as well, I think there's a shift occurring as well. I think often, especially in the cultures where we're from where from, Sana, there's a lot of impact family can have and, and what people will think, and I think they can cast doubt in people's minds and people who who may be a really good fit for someone, right? Just that pressure of family, people raised you, et cetera, can cloud your judgment and thinking at times and, and and we know how involved a family can be in these things. and I think for those people I just want, do want to mention that. I think sometimes it's worth um, thinking about things and and maybe even questioning family, I think um, that's something we don't do enough in I know the culture where, where we're from and um, you can feel I think that that it can be difficult and I get a lot of these questions. Hanan, I get these questions for, uh, from Amelie. Um, you know, people looking for, you know, a certain type of person without even, you know, considering people outside that criteria, which could be a better match for you. So I think breaking out of those shackles, breaking out of those boundaries is, is super important. So I just kind of mentioned some of that as well. And and that, that would be my advice. I know I've learned a lot over the last year and a half that I was probably – not aware of, always kind of looking for perfection and, and, you know, not really knowing <laughs> what relationship entails until I did this, you know, started trying to go on this journey of making this app and learning about, uh, how relationships work, et cetera, what's healthy, what's not. And that's been super beneficial. Um, I know for me, um, and, um, I think therapy is something I would recommend. I mean, we have Dr. Saleha as our advisor. We've had her on the show many times and we've been getting her on the podcast actually in, in a few weeks um, and we'll dive into some of the very interesting things she talks about. But Sana, what is your take on therapy?
1: Oh, I think it is necessary for everyone to get therapy. I think we all go through things in our childhood and that's not to say that anyone has had bad parents. Everyone goes through, you know, certain situations that, um, and just, you know, childhood trauma or maybe not even childhood trauma, just different ideals, the way they think about love, the way they handle, you know, communication. So I think therapy is extremely important to even just outline your communication style to kind of see if there are any remnants of your childhood that could be affecting the way that you date or even look in partners. Um so yeah, I highly recommend therapy for everyone. I think it's a great tool that's going to a help you choose better, but then also be a better partner.
2: And that's exactly what we're at with Emily about improving yourself and the way you can only improve yourself, as Sana said here, is, you know, tackling some of those issues you may have, which is um for example, therapy can help with that, right? That self-improvement and then you become a better match, um, for, um, someone as well. And I think that's the optimal goal we have at Amelie, which is my startup. Um, and interesting. So now, yeah, we got to know each other doing a lot of these, um, rooms together, being on stage, having that stage presence, um, through social audio. And, um, um, I think that was interesting how we, form that connection um, verbally and through thoughts and, and having such similar mindsets and, and really kind of connecting in that way before actually connecting on, 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 a, on, a, on a level physically and, and actually meeting up. Um, and um, I find that really interesting, studying how people become close and why you become close to certain people and others and what makes things What what's that spark? What was it that, you know, um, gets um, someone super attracted or interested in someone and thinks to proceed. And I think there'll be a lot more research happening in that as well. Um, so that kind of starts to round off this episode, um, and just has been super fascinating. So thanks everyone for listening. This will be available on Apple podcasts, um, and Spotify as well, as it always is. Um, it was a bit of a breakdown to relationships and social connection. Um, I've had a lot of questions. I've been quite busy over the last month. <laughs> Obviously, Son and I have been um, uh, busy as well. So um have been trying to get some interesting guests coming on for the Human Behaviour Show in the coming weeks. Um, very interesting psychologists lined up as well. And we're trying to take the show to a new level. But I do want to kind of keep uh, what I'm doing and keep you guys up to date with um, what's happening in my life as well and why I'm getting busy. And... Yeah, I think I can finally now validate a lot of what I talk about uh, with, to do with relationships and human connection. And first, and thanks, Sana, for coming on. Thank you for sharing your thoughts. I find it super valuable. Always kind of enjoy doing these with you. Um, and Sana, final thoughts. I just want to ask you, um, where can people follow you or find out more of what you do?
1: Sure. Um, So they can definitely follow me. Um, I believe my social media is linked here. But um, yeah, you know, I think this talk was amazing. I think we kind of really did dive deep into a couple of things and kind of our thoughts about social connection relationships. So um, yeah, sounds great. Thanks so much.
2: Yeah,
0: thanks. Anna. Um, I think um I'm looking forward to doing a few few further episodes as well if we have demand from it from in you know, the followers of the human behavior show. And um guys, if you do want to hear me and Sana talking about certain topics, uh, talking about our personal experiences, uh, you know, being together or or our thoughts. We may do things in real format and, and maybe on Instagram as well as TikTok. Um and here on the Human Behavior Show as well. I think something it becomes more personable when you talk about it from a first person perspective, right? Talking about theory and all of that, as, as I have been doing, I think is also interesting. But being able to do it with someone in real time, especially if you are in a relationship or you're married, like I am now, um, makes it a lot more real, um, and we really can talk about behavior coming from that perspective. So, um, if you do want to see more, do reach out to me. Um, my Instagram handle, as you know, is at Doctor Pretty active on Clubhouse and Twitter as well. So always feel free to reach out to me And if you have any good guests that may be coming on or you want on onto the podcast i'm happy to be hosting them I kind of do this show weekly so please subscribe give us a rating i would really appreciate that um um hopefully um um we're going to be doing some um you know longer shows as well i'm really excited about some of the upcoming guests and really wanting to explore um the field of relationships, a few interesting startup founders as well, and topics of, of health as well. I think that's one that I really want to be talking about in this upcoming to end the year as well. I think it's been really interesting developments in health and I have some stellar guests in that field coming up as well. So once again, thanks everyone. Um, I will catch everyone in the next Human Behaviour Show uh, and that's it for me, Dr. Svevim Catch you guys, bye.